0: Bala! He is something else, Di Lorenzo, and still Di Lorenzo, the captain brings the house down. Captain champions once again, but the 33-year wait will now officially come to an end. Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A sit down. World Football Index's podcast for your culture to go. I'm Frank Rivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard.
1: Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this uh, Tuesday night? It Doesn't feel like cold. Tuesday because we had culture today, but Tuesday night. Cold. <laughs> Just so it, damn
0: cold over here.
1: It's cold and snowing. And if you would listen to the people in my area of the of the country, they tell you would have a blizzard. Though we only had four inches, so.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I had my snow plow out five times last week. I had it out five times all last year all last winter so just to let you know now the freezing cold and then next week we're going to be back in the 30s and 40s where this foot of snow that's around me is going to melt and now people are going to talk about flooding and all stuff. it's just it's wisconsin so you know we i choose i i I, i've chosen to live here so it's it's, it's what it is the chat is already lining up that's right (laughs) so they it's all like show up today I guess I think I it's know. the notification I think it's the notification they all line up and they, they all line up and they just start jumping in so good to have you Anthony Apex uh Vincent Dominic all in the chat so um but yeah good to have them I'm sure more people will jump in and join us as well so, Yeah. if you don't mind Richard here uh I actually um would like to take a minute and dedicate uh, this edition to City I sit down to a fallen acquaintance in the Wisconsin soccer scene. Uh, Tommy Slav Markovic uh, passed away yesterday after a relapse of uh, his pancreatic cancer. Um, Tommy was a relatively visible figure in the Wisconsin soccer scene. Very good coach, good player. I've known him, over, knew him over thirty years. Always had great conversations. He was always he was he was somewhat of a Milan fan uh in particular was a big fan of the croatian players that came through and played for milan starting with zvonimir boban so the man knew his history and, and knew his players was a big ravage fan obviously and um you know had a fondness for the uh the croatian players that played in city as well and knew him well and tracked them and you know we had conversations about those guys pretty often and um you know so uh you know uh, you know guys like that don't come around very often so uh he'll be missed by uh by those, he leaves behind a wife and a daughter um, and, uh, you know, a soccer club that he was very loyal and dedicated to, Croatian Eagle Soccer Club. Shout out to you guys um, and uh, and to his family. Uh, I know that uh, he is uh, deeply missed right now. So, uh, Tommy, rest easy. This one's for you.
1: Well said. So, well said. Sad to hear.
0: Yep. Thank you. Um, we move on. Uh, today's episode, and it is 290, which means after this, Richard, we have 10 more. To three hundred.
1: Ten more to three hundred. Moving this on is up. Insane.
0: How have we tolerated each other this long to do three hundred pod to three hundred podcasts? What if we stop it? What if we get pissed off at each other at two ninety nine? What'll happen? <laughs> That'd be way a way to go. That'd be a way to go. <laughs> One short of three hundred. <laughs> and they're all gonna wonder what would have been. We would yeah. have left them we would left them all hanging, right? Cliffhanger. So I'm, that's gonna kinda of fall right around my birthday, actually. Huh. So yeah, you're here. gonna leave me
1: on episode three hundred to do it by myself. Is that what it is?
0: <laughs> well, my, since my birthday is on a Monday this year, I think I could be available okay. to, All to right. do 300. All so, right. um, you know, I'll be a little—I might be a little hungover, though. Just, Chat was getting uh, ready
1: to riot, you know, so.
0: <laughs> as well. They should. So, uh, the marquee game of Match Week 20 was Milan and Roma. We're going to go over that one and uh, break it down uh, for you. Um, we will uh, discuss, as you do know, today. Um, uh, if you, uh, unless you lived under a rock, uh, Jose Mourinho and Roma have parted ways, uh, and, uh, the, uh, one of Roma's heroes, Daniele De Rossi is taking over, uh, on a contract for the rest of the season. So we will, uh, tell you what we think about that as well. We'll get into the rest of match week 20. We're going to get into a conversation, uh, about, uh, who would you rather have, uh, Adrian Rabio or Hakan Chalanolu? Uh, And we're going to have some pretty interesting ideas, you know, as it pertains to that. We'll get into the Supercopa uh, because uh, the FIGC and Legacy and all these people wanted an extra 11 million euros. So now four teams are participating in it uh, instead of the traditional uh, league winner and cup winner. Uh, And then we will finish with the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? So uh, let's not waste any of the chat's time. They're waiting patiently. Richard, let's get after it. Milan and Roma. Milan, Roma, yeah, you know, first, uh, this, of
1: course, was a marquee game of the weekend. Uh, however, I think, you know, it was just another game for me until, obviously, the events that didn't transpire this morning. You sent me a message about Mourinho out, and I'm like, wait, wait, what? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> so that surprised me. Obviously, this pushes the game into the forefront of everything. Uh, but, yes, Milan hosting uh, Roma in this one as an w- interesting uh, interesting game, absolutely, because obviously Mourinho sitting on the sidelines. Not on the sidelines, but in, in, the, in the rafters because of his red card from last game. Looking at the lineup in this one, first for the home team, you had Mike Magnon in goal for Milan with the back four of Te Hernandez, Gabia, Kiar, and Calabria. Midfield five of Reinders, Adli, Pulisic, uh, loftus cheek and Rafael Leal, all led by 75-year-old Olivier Giroud. Uh, thoughts on the lineup, obviously they're they're... In the Milan camp and Milan Twitter, there's uh, arguments about who should start in, at striker, but thoughts on overall lineup and the insertion of uh, Adley. Who's got some good minutes here in the last uh, many games now?
0: Yeah, I, I like the lineup. I mean, I think that uh, I think that Pioli uh, aligned this lineup with the mindset that it's Roma. Roma's going to let you have the ball. Uh, so put in players that are going to be comfortable possessing it in midfield, maybe having to deal with some physicality. Uh, you know, but but certainly guys that are going to be able to make good decisions, not give the ball away cheaply, not succumb to some of the pressure. So I thought in particular with the midfield, this was the ideal, this was an ideal lineup to send out.
1: I hope if I unmute myself. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it was a, a nice lineup overall. Uh, curious to see how, you know, Rinders and Loftus Jake really come into their own as of late, especially Rinders. He's really become a focal point on this team. And at times, as smooth as he, as he is out there, he kind of reminds you of Ben Acer in a way. Uh, and a couple times I had to double-check myself, like, wait, hey, wait, that's Reinders, not Ben Acer. So, yeah, good lineup for Milan. They're looking at the road team in goals. Filar is getting the goal instead of uh, Rui Patricio. They're going with a back three of Diego, Diego Llorente, excuse me. Gianluca Mancini was the captain, and Christensen uh, with a midfield five of Spinazzola on the left, Bove, Paredes, Cristante, and Celec on the right. And then up top you had Lukaku and... Uh, um, Stefan Al Sharawi, I had saw a graphic somewhere prior to this game that they were gonna go with Tammy Abraham and Paulo Dybala, and I was like, wait, wait, wait what's going on here? But I think it just been who they probably would have wished in an ideal situation. But thoughts on the starting eleven for Roma in this one? Um, good to have Spinozzola if you're a Roma fan. Uh, you know what he what he possesses skill-wise, uh, he could bring a lot from bringing attacking depth that could you know attack the Calabria of the world and and, and the pull the right hand side that Milan tends to be tend to be weak at. Thoughts on Roma starting 11.
0: It's a lineup that lacks creativity, but it also is a lineup that's understandable when you're away and you're, you're going to go somewhere and you're just going to grind. Um, you know, Bove, if you're going to get any creativity from the midfield, that's going to come from Paredes and it's going to come from relatively deeper positions. So you the, the reliance is on getting it from the wingbacks, getting it from Spinazzola, getting it from Saki Chalik. That's where it was going to come from. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, trying to play through Lukaku, uh, as a target and with his physicality and with what he brings to the table, you know, you could see a potential for a mismatch with him and Gabia, you know, in certain situations. Um, you know, so, uh, still not going with maybe the more creative player in Pellegrini from the start, uh, that could make you think about things a little bit, but, uh, but here we are with Roma. This is, Pretty expected for the tactics they were going to set up to do. You're going away. You're going away against the third best team in, in Serie A. Um, you're going to start with a, a lineup that says, OK, we're going to soak as much as we can. We're going to absorb as much as we can, um, you know, and then we'll try to figure out where we can make make it happen with the creative players to either, you know, to try to to try to decide the match if we're in such a position.
1: You mentioned no Pellegrini to start. He would feature in this game, would have an impact on the game. Um, but yeah, the game started at, 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 with these lineups. I thought, like you mentioned, you know, Roma side led, or set up to take a lot of the possession, or give away the possession, soak up that pressure, and try to hit him on the counter attack. And curious to see what Milan would do. Obviously, they, they like having the ball. They're one of those teams that do it like possession. But could they do anything with that possession? Some of the guys this season, in particular, Leao and Teo Hernandez. Haven't really lived up to the expectations uh, as of late. One of those really changed in this game, uh, but uh, the game started off you know, pretty hot and intense and we got to go early, very early on, which is very unexpected for me, Frank. Uh, we had just seen Adley uh, being assisted by Rinders, which I thought was, you know, yeah. had the double take there because I was like, wait, was that Rinders? It was, and Adley did well, evades the first uh, defender and takes a shot off quickly past uh, Svilar, one nothing lead. Uh, good to see Adley uh, get a goal on this one Many fans have been clamoring for him for quite a while since yeah. he joined them from from um, Lyon, uh, and he seems now finally getting adapted to the league, or at least adapted to the team, and obviously getting goals here and and and, and many recent weeks here. So thoughts on on the, the opening opening goal for here for Milan? You well,
0: know, clearly you're happy for Adley. Um, it was a good finish. It was it was a it was a co- it was a composed finish. Um, he, you started to see how things were going i mean i think that this was a product for how milan were attacking roma okay and and for the there's there's a lot of people out there there's the pioli out crowd that just will sit there and bemoan milan and say that there's not an identity well here's the identity and it was clear as day and it was on full display for you on sunday okay the, milan are a possession-based team and their objective okay is to try to get a numbers advantage on the flank okay mm-hmm. whether it's on the right or on the left-hand side and it, you can kind of do this flow chart, possess the ball, <laughs> uh, establish a, num- a numerical advantage on the flank. Uh, do you have the numerical advantage? Yes. Attack down that flank. No. <laughs> change the point of attack and change it through okay. guys like Adley and Reinders. Okay. Yeah. So where, and, and, and get it in a direction where if it's on the right and Roma's going to crowd the ball side, which is what they did. And they did it on this goal. Now you can swing it over Layout was 1v1 a lot, you know, and in this instance, they didn't get it to him. They didn't have to. The open player was oddly, and he got the ball and he had the space to finish. So, um, but you saw that a lot. It's like, okay. And it's almost like Milan reeled Roma's shape, you know, Mm -hmm. to one flank or the other. And then they had the players in position to reverse the ball to the other side of the pitch and have numerical advantages that they could exploit and attack. Um, this was a bit of a product of it. The goal was a little more central in nature, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, that's how Milan play, and that's how Milan have been playing all season long. So for those people that say that Milan have no identity when they have the ball, that's their identity. I just explained it for you. Go and watch them again. They're going to do the same thing.
1: Yeah, they seem to do the same thing. Rinse and repeat often, and they don't seem to deviate from that. But opening goal there would obviously make the game much more uh, entertaining. You know, Roma, Roma would have to come out of their shell as a result of that goal. First half went on, uh, and Roma really struggled to get any really quality chances off. Yeah. I thought Celic had a nice opportunity in the first half, uh, yeah. forced Magnon to make a save. But outside of that, I mean, the really big highlight of the first half is Mancini getting a yellow card late in, late in the first half. Uh, Milan did a good job. Though they weren't scoring a goal, they, they had a lot of possession, kept Roma pinned back, and didn't allow Roma to counterattack them as, as, as they would like to get those opportunities. So really, Roma struggled in the first half for me, Frank. I thought... Uh, milan look comfortable one nothing is never truly comfortable especially you know if you're a milan fan out there uh but i thought overall good performance for milan in the first half and you know keeping keeping lukaku at bay and and company what more could you want if you're a milan fan and roma you know you're struggling i saw some people in the chat saying hey we want Balotelli out there Balotelli, for me also i think would have been better suited for this kind of game yes he and lukaku can both hold up the play very well and pass it off to their wingers but Belotti is much more mobile than him. He's more useful on the flags. He can drop in deeper and, and help out the team a little more. He contributes overall more so than Lukaku could, and at least in this kind of game. Uh, yes, he'll be your bully, which he always will be, but uh, it just seems that they were missing something, Roma were, and it was because he was mostly pocketed in that first half. What were your thoughts on the first half?
0: Um, surprisingly enough, Roma had more of the ball than Milan in the first half, and then that that that, yeah. that, that possession advantage carried... Slight, I mean, it was 50 50 in the second half, but Roma had more of the ball, and I think a lot of that was the product of oddly scoring early. Yeah. Okay, um, so look at Roma. I thought Roma were extremely predictable in their approach to this game. Okay, everything was relied on the chances, you know, being created by Zeki Celik and Leonardo Spinazzola on the flanks. Okay, and if you watch, go back and watch Milan, what did they do? They got in the box and they outnumbered the strikers. They outnumbered Lukaku. They outnumbered El Shaarawy. They basically let Zeki Chalik and they let Spinazzola have the ball and say, "Have it and cross it all you want. We're gonna we're gonna be there. We're gonna be there and we're gonna be first to it and we're gonna head it away." Okay. Um, it was a very railroad track up and down straight line approach from Roma. It was predictable. Um, there was almost no variation to it um and it was very very easy to defend um you know just so overload the penalty area make sure you have the numbers and make sure that ball makes your crosses don't find the head of a lukaku or an el shirawi or or even a Bove trying to come into the box as well uh and i think that milan just saw that and said okay simple for us this is what we're going to do
1: yeah lack of creativity by roma forced a couple changes obviously luke um Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini comes into the match at halftime uh, shortly after the after the interval, you would see the insertion of Belotti, a guy that many people were clamoring for. But before that would happen, uh, Milan will continue to do what they did much in the first half, and uh, Pulisic had
0: tighten it up. Our fact checkers here, just so you know, Ahmed's in the chat. He's nice, our nice. Our resident fact checker is here. So We've got to make sure we're on our game. We have to be held accountable. <laughs> That's true.
1: We have to be held accountable. Uh, so good to see Ahmed in the chat. Uh, but yeah, know more of more of the same for Milan. I was saying, like, you know, I thought in the first half. Uh, in particular Pulisic did well to kind of insert himself as you know one of the main focal points for Milan in that first half as well as layout as he nor- normally would uh, and in the second half you would see a, both those players tag teaming up and Pulisic with a nice cross into the box um, gets it back door to Simon Kiar, instead of heading on goal heads his back across into the into the traffic area. Olivier Giroud what he always does he's a poacher, he sits right in box, sure. puts it away 2 nothing at that point. Uh, nice two goal lead for Milan that uh, what they wanted at that point. They, they had to feel comfortable. Milanese around the world had to be been comfortable after getting a 2 nothing lead. Uh, but big breakdowns in the Roma defense on that goal, Frank. 2-0 uh, at that point.
0: Smart play. Um, just redirected to the second ball where Giroud is open. You know, and that's the thing about Giroud. It's, You know, you get the argument. said, oh, we can, you know, Jovic, everything, you know, things flow better through him. Well, they probably use him more in build-ups, okay? They yeah. use Giroud in moments in the target play, you know but his primary responsibility is to get on the end of things and let the players behind him build it up okay you you see that you see the occasional target play from Giroud in counter attacking situations but that's not his primary focus his primary focus is to get on the end of things his primary focus is to get into that penalty area and if he doesn't have the finish that he lay you know that he you know that he lays it on he's never going to take on anybody okay no. um but and that's exactly a moment like that is exactly why you have Giroud in the game. Uh, ten goals for Milan for the third straight season in Serie. A. First to do it, and they said this on the on the broadcast. First to do it since Alexandre Pato. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've had somebody that prolific to score ten goals three years in a, three seasons in a row.
1: Uh, Anthony says Jovic is not great at headers. That's why Giroud is a starter.
0: Uh, Drew, yeah, Drew is, is
1: a, uh, is a big game player. And I, I think if you just played him in the big games, he'd, he'd still do well and get his goals, 10 goals in a season. Uh, only Lartaro Martinez has more goals and assist contributions this season than Drew, which is an unbelievable statistic, honestly. Yeah. Um, for a
0: guy that's almost 38.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Young guy, young 38. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two, nothing lead for Milan there. Milan had a chance and Calabria had a chance to make it three, nothing uh calabria misses a golden opportunity in the 68th minute or so and what do the football gods tell you you mess up on one end you're gonna pay for it in the other end mm-hmm. literally play goes down the pitch calabria gets a penalty his foot out takes out pellegrini who just came into the game uh get into the into the action right away calabria takes him down into the box it was a penalty, don't call penalty there for me calabria yeah lazy as can be on that play and um, he knew it and he, he knew, knew it. it when he did he knew it, it. Yeah. you saw his reaction immediately and you know they checked in as, as, as a penalty upsets paredes i thought it would be a Pellegrini, but paredes steps up puts it away two to one at that point game on uh look like we we're gonna have a, a good way to end this game uh but you know game played out milan seemed to get control back into this game again we saw a nice attack by spinazzola in the second half that magnon had to make a save Outside of that, there weren't really any great clear-cut opportunities from Roma in this one. I thought they they could have done more to put more in the attack, as as Vincent said in the chat. Very simple attack at that point. Um, But uh, many people were clamoring for Drew to come off the pitch, and we saw Leal come off the pitch. Musa comes on as well as uh, Okafor comes on. Milan doing a good play on the build-up there. All of a sudden, Taylor gets the ball, feeds it to Giroud. Giroud with a you know unbelievable world-class backheel flick. Yeah. In, in perfect stride to Taylor Hernandez, who one-times it. it. I mean, he thrashes the goal. A violent shot, as, as the announcer said. Uh, puts it away. Easily goal of the week for me, Frank. Uh, yeah. But 3-1 at that point, game, set, match. Uh, thoughts on the goal and uh, just the game in general?
0: Yeah, I mean, goal goal of the week, assist of the season um, for me on that. Uh, so, and yeah, that was like a, that was like, that was like the nastiest dunk you can do on a basketball game, that tail goal. Okay. Um, you know, so, uh, great buildup, great holdup play by, by uh, Giroud, great run by Teo Hernandez. You come back to Calabria, a, a, a dumb foul, a player that's not even facing the goal. Um, you know, you know, so all of that going on just to make it interesting enough, Uh, for the Milan faithful who have had to sweat through these kind of things before. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I I thought the substitution struck the right chord. Um, There is somebody on Twitter that said Leo looked uninterested the whole game. I disagree with that. I I disagree with that too. Um, You know, and uh, I I thought Okafor had a nice burst to him. It looks like he's kind of getting that back a little bit too, which should serve Milan well in the long run. Uh, but I thought the substitutions were were smart um, on Pioli's part here. Uh, let's go look through those again real quick. You had, yeah, you had Musa, you had Okafor coming out, Pulisic. You know, so you you, you basically brought Musa to. He's not going to do what Pulisic does. He's going to probably cover more. Though Musa nearly had a worldly
1: of a goal where he went
0: around the whole team and nearly yeah. scored a hit off the post late in the game. So and stoppage, absolutely. There. And you got the kids that are only in there uh, and then him and has got some, got some yep. run They you know, yep. not enough to make an impact, but uh, there were some smart substitutions to just try to alter the shape to just kind of take some things away. And uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good win for Milan. It's an important win. Cause it put them, I believe now, uh, what is it? Eight points, nine points clear, eight. Uh, nine points clear of fifth, nine, okay. eight points clear oh. of fourth. Um, you know, and, and they stay within – I mean, guys, it doesn't. it's not ridiculous to say that they are within touching distance of Inter and Juventus because there's still 18 games to go. Yes, it's still going to be difficult. Um, but this team has solidified their position as one of the best teams in this league. Um, and, yep. and I'm just going to continue to harp on it. Um, you know, I think you have to give Pioli credit for the job he's done. You know, uh, rash of injuries. Didn't panic, regrouped, got some guys to buy into playing out of position. Teo Hernandez, chief among them, for a few games, and got them so. in this position where they're sitting in third. Um, great overall performance. You know, if you want to really nitpick, they they left two or th- probably left two or three goals out there, and they really could have they could have battered Roma here in this game. But three one ends up being the result, uh, and one that Milan fans should be happy with, and I think one that's representative of the quality of their team.
1: I think for the most part of the season, we've been saying that Milan is clearly the third best team in this league. Um, obviously, Juve and Inter are, are a class above, but I think no one's been as consistent or as quality as Milan have. We, when they, Milan have been on, they've looked very, very good. Obviously, they have their off games, and you know nothing comes to the forefront like the, the derby. However, you know they've brought it in week in week out. Injuries, injuries with, notwithstanding, and they find ways to get the results. On the flip side, Roma. Again, this is what, like five, six games down a row that had horrible results. Um, another big game where they faltered. They lost recently in the Derby de della Derby de Capitale. Um, just not getting results one after the other. Obviously, you know, Mourinho is not going to be happy after this game. But I think, you know, overall, you look at the uh, how the game was shaped out. And, you know, Vincent said it like. It's very simple from Roma they really didn't try to change anything they really didn't try to attack as much as we know we've seen them do yes they're missing some key players but I mean still you got to find ways to attack and adjust as a team and uh you know one of the papers said that you know hey it's an archaic dinosaur that you know is leading the way and and they're talking about Mourinho and he's got to find new ways to attack this team but uh, overall this they didn't have it together and I don't know if Spilar it was the right call. I don't know if, you know, I don't know what Rio Pacisio was injured or, or got a yellow, yellow card accumulation or what or why he didn't play. uh But I didn't think, I wasn't too impressed by Sfilar. I thought, you know, Milan should have had more goals for certain, but I don't think yeah. was, as a result of the goalkeeper, I didn't think they dismissed missed their opportunities like the Calabria missed just before he got the penalty. So, yeah, overall, good game. And, you know, Roma have uh, some soul searching to do here, especially after, you know, it always sucks to lose in the derby, but then now you go and lose a big game to Milan and. Now you are, you got, you're trying to start over with a new manager, you know. So it's going to be – uh, life is a little difficult at the moment. What, ninth position now? Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about Lazio being in ninth place. And so, um, yeah, how the world flips ever so quickly in just a matter of weeks.
0: Yeah, which segues us to this next time. Jose Mourinho out at Roma. Um, it's – you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago trying to maybe justify Mourinho at Roma – and talking about how some of the comments that he'll make in the press, some of the comments, things that will play. I think that his intentions are on the surface, it's ego. And that's what a lot of people are going to think. But at the same time, it's his way of trying to deflect the attention from the players and putting the, putting the pressure on him. Um, at the, just at the end of the day, I think the Roma ownership just got tired of the act. Okay. Um, I, I think that they, just it was Mourinho's decision, wrong wrong decision to sack midseason. Okay, and look, we're seeing firsthand the perils of of a top team sacking their manager early or middle of the season with what's going on in Napoli. Yep. Okay. We're going to now find out if this is if this is good or if this is a detriment to Roma. History suggests this is going to be a detriment. Um, but I think it just finally ownership just got tired of the act. They got tired of that representing their club, Um, and it was time. They've just they felt for the for the long term health of Roma, there was time to go in a different direction. Uh, And I don't disagree with them. Um, I don't disagree with them at all. Um, We've seen Mourinho's act worth in at a lot of different other stops, Um, and I think that a fresh idea, fresh set of ideas needs to come in because I personally believe that this is a top-four talent, talented squad, okay, in terms of talent. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, in terms of performances, it certainly, it certainly hasn't lived up. And then the other thing that I'll add to this is, and, you know, this is kind of my editorial on Mourinho. When things were adverse, when things were down, what did Mourinho do? Made excuses, okay? That's Blamed honor. not having money. <laughs> this or that or the other thing, okay? When... Okay, Milan have had their, adver- you know, just comparing it, and I, I bring it back to Pioli. Did, did you ever see Pioli once complaining, hey, I've got too many injuries. I don't know, I can't field the no. team that I want to field. You know, going publicly and saying, I don't have the money that I want to spend. We can't do this, we can't do that. No. Maldini <laughs> did. Yeah, Mald- <laughs> yeah going- Maldini did, and that's, yeah, that, you know. I, and I think that's probably a common theme right now among owners, especially American American owners of these Serie A clubs. They don't want winers in their offices. Um, there might be that. something to that. But, you know, where Mourinho's making excuses, Pioli's trying to solve the problem, okay? Uh Inzaghi will try to solve the problem. He'll have his occasional grumbling here and there. But Milan talking about Antonio Conte for next season, you're going to get an excuse maker, kind of like what Roma's got with Mourinho. Um, yeah. You know? I mean, and I think that, like I said, uh the act just got thin and friedkin uh the Friedkin group just got tired of it
1: as mr bob lex says it's that third season syndrome with Mourinho. uh it happens everywhere uh i can't stop it from happening apparently but uh you know i kind of am in agreement with vincent saying how mid mid season sacking i didn't see this one coming i i knew the antics were getting old but he I thought he did well in his time at Roma. Obviously, they had won a trophy in, what, 14 years or something like that. And he brought them, um, won a trophy, right, the Conference League, and then got to a final the very next year uh, with a team. Yes, they spent a lot of money. Yeah. Now, you can blame him because he selected those players that they bought. But, again, um, it wasn't that great of a team. They had, obviously, Paulo Dybala and some other players that they got. But, you know, he kind of found a way to make it. What we found out, too, is Mourinho as we all knew, is a cup manager. He knows how to win in the cups all the time. I think the problem lied with him is that he tried to turn every Serie A game into a cup game, and it's not going to get results there. It's very mm-hmm. static. It's very poor to watch. Uh, and so while he did bring a trophy, and it has to be but has to be applauded, what he did there in, in European action, made Roma uh, talked about again in European circles. You look at some of the statistics, and this is from OptaPaolo. It says, um, Jose Mourinho was in charge of Roma for 96 games, 44 wins, 23 draws, 29 losses, recording an average of 1.61 points per game, which is the lowest among the coaches with 50-plus matches with the Rossi uh, in the three-point era. So not very attractive football. Uh, another damning statistic for him, we just talked about a couple minutes ago, Derby della Capitale. Mm-hmm. What has been his his record? Not not mind you, just the top six teams in the league, but just against Lazio, who Romans and Lazio and Lazio fans they go head to head. This is what they kind of live and die with, right? So same thing with Milan and, and Inter with their with their head to heads, uh, one win in six matches. Um, that's not going to get it done in the dark, no. in, in the in the capital. So you know a lot of things are going against him. His antics, obviously, like you mentioned you spent the, the American owners felt that they were spending good enough money to make a good product on the field, that. It wasn't happening according to their eyes and with the antics it's just one after the other and they say you know what we're gonna cut cuts ways i'm sure there's some severance pay but they didn't really care at this point um maybe they felt the red card accumulations and all those antics posted post and pre-match were, were enough for them uh and so they move on from them and and go with a a legend for the club legend for them um it's an interesting decision for roma we, we mentioned this with napoli before doesn't always end well. At least in this regards, they go with a club legend. Someone who, uh, someone mentioned on Twitter how the, the players should take notice because if you act up, kind of like Reno Gotuso, he's probably going to break your leg. So you have to be careful, mind your P's and Q's with uh, Daniela De Rossi. But uh, yeah, for Mourinho, his tenure ends abruptly. I thought he'd make it to his third season, but it didn't happen. Um, and being a ninth in the table with the records against some of the top teams in the league, though it has improved, it just wasn't good enough ultimately for the for the Roma owners and um here we are
0: it's going to be interesting to see how Daniele De Rossi manages this Roma team and i saw the reference from someone in the chat saying that he got Spal relegated to Serie C um to Sanchez not been playing because of injury or form i think it's um, form i think it's form Vince can um, tell, that, tell us that but yep uh you're talking about the coaches that never complain. Yeah. And Vincent brought up Italiano, a coach that he likes because he never complains. Um, You know, you had, uh, you know, Tiago Moto was chirping for a little bit there at Bologna at the very beginning of the season, but then, you know, but then he kind of calmed down a little bit. You don't hear much from Allegri anymore either. I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, when it comes to that, I think in earlier in his career, you probably heard a little bit more, but you don't seem to hear much from, from him there. I could be wrong. And you don't, Here's Saudi doing a whole lot of complaining either. Um, you know, or or making excuses or, or this or that when they go to the papers. Gasparini will do it. Um, but Gasparini also salt will solve his problems too. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that you know, at least he does something about you know, you know, he'll he'll chirp a little bit, but then he'll go and do something about it and try to solve his problems. So um Saudi is too busy smoking to complain. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like that. I like the comment from vincent though he says you know very bold move by the owners because if the rossi doesn't work out the fans will turn against the owners not the rossi we yep. saw this firsthand at milan where they put both inzaghi and Sadorf in there nobody turned yep. on those two players they just said you know it's the owner's fault and it was yep. the owner's fault so yeah very fair point there
0: yep agreed agreed <sighs> <sighs> i hate this because i picked roma to finish fourth
1: yeah and i picked and, Lazio was, and they're not moving back into the top four so
0: <laughs> was trying to die on that hill um and I'm going to die on that hill you are um and now I'm I'm trying to drag I'm trying it's like I'm trying to drag this carcass that has like an inch of its life left uh over the line and I don't think it's gonna happen I don't i think it's gonna die before I can get it to cross would so- you agree that
1: de Rossi's impact will have to be a motivational one as we kind of saw in the practice today? Uh, he's gonna be more trying to get his guys. It's very similar to Gattuso. Now, I I can't say I I, under, I know full what De Rossi's tactics will be and what he's done in the past with the with the youth teams, but what we saw from Gattuso was more motivational, typical player ex-player type, um, rah rah, you know, get the guys motivated, and then try to keep it simple, cl- clean up some of the defensive mistakes that they have, and then. Hopefully, what the fans want, the owners want, more attacking prowess from the team and yeah. try to make it more uh, fun game to watch, not just a park the bus mentality, which we've been accustomed to over the last three seasons.
0: He's got to inspire these guys. Uh, if he's going to have any chance of being successful here the rest of the season, he's got to inspire them. Uh, but he's also got to give them some freedom to play. Um, you know, and that he can't make it all about him. He's got to make it all about the players. I don't think he'll do that. Um, because he's got no other choice. You know, he's inheriting a situation mid-season where he's not going to have anything to work with. I think it's going to be an 18-game stretch of, in, plus Europa League games of, all right, let's play. Let's find where the strengths are. Let's let's give you guys some freedom to do things. Let's try to see if we can change this around a little bit and come up with something that everybody's going to buy into and believe in pretty quickly um, to try to turn around the season. So we'll see if he's successful. History suggests that he probably won't be. Um, but you were going to say something.
1: No, I think the, the biggest change we'll see from Roma, at least from our on the field product will not be in Syria. It'll be in Europa League. And I think that's where you'll see the vast differences between the experience that Mourinho brought versus what the Rossi brings and which is only just his game experience. Um, and so I imagine that's where we're going to see the biggest changes. And maybe, uh, I hate to say it, it's an earlier exit for Roma than anticipated, yeah, uh, Serie a, I think they, they should be able to hold their own, especially, you know, if, if he's able to motivate them to, to play to their level. Maybe he has a renewed focus on maybe focusing on Debal and Pellegrini and maybe some of these youngsters uh, and maybe Bolotti gets more of insertion here instead of Lukaku. I don't know. We're curious to see how his first few games go up. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting times here if you're a Roman fan or not, uh, just to see what the Rossi can bring to the team. And we've seen many ex-players do well. Mota, uh, Gilardino at Genoa, just to name a few. Uh, so, yeah, interesting times for sure. I'm I'm just going gonna, gonna to have to watch the next game just to see if there's any kind of change. From, and I don't imagine a great change uh, on the on-field product for sure, because I think they're going to try to keep it simple and, and just try to add some of the influences that the Rossi and the free kids want to see.
0: And it's not like they're in dire straits here, you know, in terms of league form. They're only five points out of fourth. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's gettable for them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just really up to whether it really comes down to whether or not they can go ahead and, uh, you know, and pull it off. So, yep. again, I, I don't think history on their side when you're talking about midseason changes like this, because we've exhausted this pretty extensively. We're, we're seeing it failing at Napoli um, at a pretty ridiculous level. Uh, we may see it fail at uh, here at Roma. So we'll see. The craziest thing about you now not only getting a text from you saying that
1: Mourinho's fired, but I think that that EDF and Mazzari both outlasted Mourinho this season. Sadi outlasted him, Pioli's outlasted him. It's just uh, it's funny how uh, this things change, and you know owners can really set things off. You know how, how many times have we seen the Palermo managers in the past? You know fire their managers one after the other. Uh, same thing with some of these other teams like Udinese in the past. So yeah, it's uh, interesting times. Interesting times.
0: I I thought for sure I watched that Atalanta Frozen game yesterday and I thought for sure oh this is EDF's last game for sure and oh, inspired gonna... in the
1: last two games my goodness Yep.
0: Um and uh but here they are. here we are. We'll see if Dionisi is still uh got a job too at Sassuolo after the 3-0 loss to Juventus but uh I think that's a good segue to get in and talk about the rest of the games that went on in Serie A. So uh so why don't we move in that direction Richard? It all started off with uh Uh, Genoa, I'm I'm actually going to do this because it's faster if I do it through my phone. Um, All right. Bear with me just a second. Okay, Genoa and Torino. Uh, That game finished goalless. Vanya Malinkovic-Savage with a uh, goalkeeping masterclass in this game. That's pretty much the most you need to know. He had six saves. Uh, Genoa pretty much all over Torino in this game and just couldn't finish. Uh, Napoli needed a 96-minute winner from Akmir Rahmani to beat Salernitana 2-1. Uh, that is now five dropped points uh, for Salernitana uh, in you know against Napoli, Juventus, and Milan. They had they had Milan beaten, settled for a draw. They had draws going in at the death against Juventus and Napoli. Uh, ended up losing those games. They had the lead in all of these games, and uh, these are right now the fine margins for Salernitana and why they're at the bottom. I'm going to talk about I want to talk about them in a little bit but let's get to the rest of the scores here Richard. Uh Hellas Verona and Empoli it was a 2-1 win for Hellas Verona Milan Juric in the 3rd minute. Cyril Gonja uh playing his last game as a Verona player. He is headed to Napoli for 19 million. We'll talk about that here a little bit too. Uh uh from uh, Suat Serdar, one of your uh one of your uh, Schalke boys there. I didn't yeah, realize he went yeah. to Verona. There you go. Uh, Simon Zerkowski, he just came over from uh, Spezia on loan and he makes his presence felt at Empoli, scoring a goal. Um, so uh, he's already got one more goal than about more than half of Empoli's roster. Uh, so, nonetheless, a 2-1 win. Uh, and then uh, Inter doing what Inter does, they they go to Monza, they hammer him 5-1. Uh, Hakan Chalinolo with a penalty in the 12th. Latara Martinez continuing his torrid campaign in the 14th. 2-0 at halftime. Chalinolo again on the hour. Uh, and then Mateo Pesino would get a uh, penalty in the 69th. Latar Martinez braces in the 84th through a penalty. Marcus Turam uh, gets his goal in the 88th. interflying, absolutely hammered. Monza. Raffaele Palladino didn't like uh, the referee too much, said something about his mother, got sent to the stands. Uh, so that is what you need to know about those games. Moving on to Sunday's action. Uh, if you woke up early in the morning, you saw Lazio... Uh, take care of Lecce by a goal to nil. Felipe Anderson with the goal in the 58th minute. Another win for Lazio. They just can't stop losing. Or they can't stop winning. I'm sorry. Tell you what, who can't stop losing is Bologna. Uh, And they're now all of a sudden in a free fall. And this time it is defeat to Cagliari. Uh, Orsolini goal in the 24th minute. Andrea Patania levels it in the 31st. And then it was a Ricardo Calafiori own goal in the 69th minute. Um, uh, 64% possession for Bologna in this game, 11 shots. uh, Certainly had all of their chances to get something out of this. Uh, Another team dropping points, Fiorentina, Mm -hmm. 2-2 with Udinese. Entertaining game here, this. Uh, In the 10th minute, Sanbi Lovric with a goal uh, provided by a you-better-know-them player, Lorenzo Luca, uh, in the 10th minute. That gave Udinese a 1-0 lead at halftime. Uh, second half, Lucas Beltran in the 55th from Faraoni. Faraoni just coming right over from Verona and providing assists. Um, he came on at halftime for Michael Coyote, so uh, it just might be the right back position we'll, at, at Fiorentino. We'll have to see. Uh, Florian Tovan in the 73rd puts Udinese ahead. Sandy Lovridge this time provider, uh, but it was an Ambala and Zola penalty in the 87th minute to spare the blushes somewhat uh, for La Viola. Um... Fiorentina had a lot of the ball. Ludonese didn't have a lot of the ball, but they certainly created their chances. Uh, on Monday, um, Atalanta were doing Atalanta things. Uh, violated frozen only basically five 0 the final. Tuncut miners continues his good form through a penalty in the eighth minute. Aderson in the thirteenth. Uh, you know, on the end of basically on the end of a Ruggieri cross. For doesn't get credit for the assist because it was deflected. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Charles de Ketelari with a goal of the week candidate in the 14th minute, uh, blasted one, uh, from Martin De Rhone. Uh, and then in the 83rd minute, Davide Zapakosta from Mario Pasalic. And then Emil Holm, Holm closing it out with a f- fifth goal, making it 5-0 to Ladea. And then today, we had a, we had a Serie A game on a Tuesday. Juventus 3, Sassuolo nil. It was all the Duslan, Dusan Vlaovic in this one. Two great goals. Uh, first on a uh, wonderful curler after being uh, being assisted by Fabio Moretti, and then a beautiful free kick in the 37th minute. Both of these will be on our goal of the week list. Um, and uh, for good measure, in the 89th minute, Federico Chiesa closing it out in the 89th. Uh, a significant win. Juventus all of a sudden scoring. Lots to talk about, Richard. Juventus scoring goals all of a sudden. Salernitana just coming painfully close uh you know to maybe being in the survive, being in survival at this point uh plenty of other things to talk about where do you want to start
1: <laughs> i want to start with monza inter not so much because of the game we will get well, i'll get to the game but uh thanks to holly for bringing it to our attention apparently there's two inter players getting sued uh and reading from it i guess this article arnautovic is one of the guilty uh, culprits it's another another player as well apparently they dragged someone out of a nightclub and forced them to unlock their phones i guess they took pictures or videos of something they didn't want to see or publicize uh so they are getting sued now which is hilarious uh Inter i guess and people are surprised that arnautovic is one of the guys uh but right, moving on to the on the field product inter you know dismantling an opponent like Monza Monda a little bit the wheels have been coming off of them very similar to bologna as of late um all their all the other key players are not producing as they at the, at the rate that they were before inter have just been you know very steady they they're very good at what they do they're good players in every position um hakan again just has his blueprints all over this game i thought mcatar had a good a good uh, performance as well artaro doing everything he could taram was hungry for a goal from minute one to minute 90 trying to get his goal He finally got it late in the game you know as hungry as he was he was still being very unselfish with the ball which is you love to see as a striker uh but overall i thought inter solid performance from back to front they they dominate that game five to one but i think you know for me the headlines of that of inter i'm gonna have to say those two players and uh, getting getting sued pats of Inter inter back i guess uh frank they're bored they're bored. They're, bored. <laughs> They're too good. They're like, we gotta do something. You know, we see goalkeepers when they get bored, they just come out and play they play out in the field, but uh yeah, I guess you wanna just go beat up people in the nightclub, I guess. Why are you in the nightclub anyway, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. How old
1: is Arnautovic? He's the guy in the thirties. Come on. Nobody goes
0: to the clubs in their thirties. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Well, I got I got married at <laughs> 33. I got married at 33, so like my early thirties, but it's All
1: so. right. <laughs> um You want me we keep going or you want me uh I uh, got
0: Salernitana because they're bottom, but man, I mean, there's four drop. They'd be on 16. They'd be in 19th place and they'd be in a much better position. I mean, that's just going to be the fine details as to why they don't survive. Just not holding these. I mean, I think people in Zagi has got these guys playing better. There's an identity there's a buying in. And I think you got to give people some credit here because I think people has had a reputation for absolutely ruining teams. When he gets them, certainly you know he'll get him promoted from Serie B and they come to Serie A, and he can't get his he can't manage his way out of a wet paper bag. But I have to give him a little respect; he's gotten them close and against good teams. I mean, you know, Milan, Napoli, Juventus. Um, Yeah, I mean, is this gonna be? Is this a? morale killer that they had their chances against really good teams? Or is this a, hey, the performances are there. We're almost getting the points that we need. It's coming. Keep keep believing in what you're doing. I, for Salernitana's sake, because I think the ability and the talent is there, I want to believe that the latter is very possible.
1: I do too, but I think if, you know, you have like Hellas and Utenesia continue picking up points then it's eventually going to become a buzzkill and something's going to happen if you want to if you want to survive in this league Is they've been so close they have some good players i mean Kadrev's having one of the best seasons of his career ochoa is a fantastic player they obviously have got players like buladia and, and now they got simi out there um it, yeah they just they can't seem to put things together um they seem so close and then they always blow it at the end they, they I agree with you. I think people what people is doing over there. It's starting to to come around. But like how much patience do you have as an owner, especially when when seeing seen in the league is a matter of importance for them. Um, eventually, you're going to have to sever ties. And I think, you know, you have to look around the Valentine's Day somewhere that, you know, mid to mid to late uh, February. Like if you don't start picking up points and getting back into a position where you can at least fight for escaping a relegation, and we might be seeing another move here with people's already being gone, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's got to be it's you hung in there with a, with one of the top teams, just couldn't get it done. You got to find a way to lock up shop. If you got to park the bus, whatever you got to do, you got a fantastic keeper. Or at least help him out something. Give him a chance to keep you in the game. And they're just basically leave the the door wide open for hey, we got a goalkeeper. We don't need to play defense. Like no, don't do that. No, he can only do so much, right? And so I think Tana it's getting closer, but. Can they ever get over the line? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Frank. I don't
0: know. Hosting Genoa,
1: okay. Hosting believe- Roma
0: at Torino, hosting Empoli. That's their next four before they go to Inter.
1: Okay.
0: Do I, I can see at least a couple wins out of there um, yeah. with the way they're playing. They just got to find a way to finish these games. Um, I, you know, if they can do that, that's going to fuel the belief. I think you can just go to Inter and punt that game uh, because none of the Relegation strugglers are going to go to Inter and take points, okay. And then they get Monza at home after that, and then they go to Udinese, and then they go to Cagliari. So they're going to have some games coming up here, where and then hosting Lecce. So they're going to have some games coming up here where they're going to have have a chance for themselves. Um, you know, I'll tell you the three, because I, I can easily give you three teams that I think they can outlast here, as I'm trying to build a case for Salernitana getting out of this mess. Okay. Um, Empoli.
1: Yeah.
0: plus Verona Maybe. and Frozinoni. I think Frozinoni are, I think this down road spiral with Frozinoni is legit. I don't think they're picking themselves back up. I think yeah. they've kind of been figured out by the teams in this league and I don't think it gets any better for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, and I think Verona
0: with unloading a lot of players, I think that's going to, you know, here in this January window. Um, and then, uh, I, Empoli just can't score. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs that you need to bring a guy in over from Spezia to come in and score a goal for you. And Spezia are nineteenth and Spezia are nineteenth in City B. Yeah,
1: not good. No. So Nah, no, I think Frosinone are, are coming back to reality very, very quickly. Um, they've they've struggled. Bologna is coming to reality as well, but I think Frosinone is is just off a cliff here and you know Udinese... Udinese and Kaliri are finding ways to get points. Um, I'll be at one or one one point most of the time. Sometimes get three, like Kaliri had this weekend. But uh, Frozen India need to figure something out. And I think Hellas is also starting to find. You know, they're picking up points here and there. Not, it's like they lose, 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 get a win, then lose, lose, lose. You're certain they're finding ways to get some points. But uh, Salernitana had to put some, a string together to kind of catch with, back both the pack and only five points back at Hellas uh and there is a chance like you said i think Frozenone certainly needs to be in the mix for this and um uh, edf's days are ticking away it's like uh peter pan with that with that alligator or the crocodile with the clock in his mouth you can hear the ticking getting louder and louder with edf so it's gonna happen in a matter of time but uh yeah i I think they're coming back to reality uh it's good for anyone above them right the sassuolo leches generals of the world uh but uh and i i really like this genoa team but you know go back to Frozenone, they they're falling, they're falling quickly. And they got some good players, they just can't stop. They're d- they've given up, what, eight goals in the last two games? And mm-hmm. the game before that, they gave up a lot of goals. It's just, it's been putrid from them. Um, and so you would, if you watch these last two games, you would've thought they were the worst team in the league versus the Lernitana. So Lernitana at least are in games, you know, they just can't get over that line. So um, yeah, it's uh, interesting, interesting results there. Um, look at some of these other games, um, Lazio, you mentioned Lazio continuing to find ways to win. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're getting results slowly getting back in there they're what fifth in the table or something like they're they're up there they're uh
0: yeah they're 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 sixth um they're i mean they got the same goal difference as atalanta i think atalanta on goal scored is
1: one point out of the champions league too i mean that's
0: oh no they're not i mean no gold i'm sorry i'm I'm reading i'm reading this wrong i'm at don't fact check me i've got it right here (laughs) Uh, atalanta's at plus 14 lazio's at plus four i i just kind of had a near 50 moment right there so so <laughs> sorry about that um uh, yeah so atalanta's ahead on goal difference but they both have 33 points
1: and i think the interesting thing with lazio is we mentioned this before and we're gonna beat a dead horse but they find ways they seem to play better without Ciro immobile. you immobile They put in Felipe anderson in that false nine position um, i thought Isaac sin was very impressive even though he didn't get any goals he's very slick on the ball he's nice to watch he's just so smooth You know, not making players left and right. Obviously, having Zuccon at there. And and good to have Luis Alberto back in the lineup. Um, They find ways to get done. It isn't always pretty, but they get the results. It's very Juve-esque in a way lately. Lately. Uh, Their their defense has been holding up. So, you know, Lazio just quietly getting back into the mix. It was just about a month ago that we said that they were ninth place and there's no chance of coming back in Europe. And now they're one point out of Champions League, which is an unreal run. It also kind of says what the rest of the... It seems like nobody wants that last Champions League spot. Everyone's doing what they can. It's the top three are starting to pull away, and everyone yeah. else is just finding ways to lose that fourth spot. Uh, Atalanta, though, have been very impressive. You know, you talked about the game; they won five nothing against Frosinone. Yes, it's Frosinone, but they—they're so versatile. They got so many players that are doing things. And and, and what's his name? Dom, that new kid on um, right back. He he seems to be playing really well for them. At least in this game. Again, it's Frosinone. It's, it's a sample size, but um, CDK. Another goal, fantastic goal by him. You got Coop Miners obviously in the way. Ederson, he's getting goals and still does his defensive duties. Darun De plays wherever they need him to play. He plays center back one week, plays midfield the next week. You know, he does it all also for them. So, um, Atalanta, you would think um, they'd be the odds on favor to get that last Champions League spot based on the team that are on them. But, you know, don't just get Lazio uh, and the slow, methodical pace that they're going. They know it's a marathon. That's what mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're hedging their bets on. Uh, can they get further than four? i doubt it but you know if top four is still a good way to run and like i picked them second this year but um they're not going to get that but they're, they, they could get champions league and they're right at the doorstep
0: agreed um i'm not worried about the ucl restart ollie because they're going to play Bayern and they're going to get battered and they're going to go right they're going to go right out of that competition um yeah so and i think the super Cup was the other one that Lazio's is in because they're out of the no i'm sorry they're in the copa italia too so they're still in that and uh so they're in the semifinals of that. Um, so so yeah, we'll we'll see. But I mean it's 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 promising, I think, to be able to, you know, have some variety in what they do and not have to be dependent on Immobile, I think they, they're figuring that out and um, you know, and it's Saudi, another guy not gonna complain about the situation, not gonna make excuses about the situation, he's just gonna go in and solve the problem. And the managers that solve that go in and try to solve the problem are getting results and still have a job. So yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's a theme that we've kind of been talking about all night, but it is true. So, you
1: know, I'm curious if Mazzari is going to find a way to turn things around. We, you know, there are some couple transfer moves that have happened. Um, not many, but one that we've, you know, the player that we've talked about for a couple seasons now, who's the, on the player you should know list. And that's Cyril and Finally, is going to be escaping that hellas Verona pit and is going to Napoli. This is a, I think we both agree this that a
0: signing. Pin perfect signing. That is For a I both the player I mean, and in the team. And Gojko could think. not have gotten to a better situation. Um I think the the system suits him. I think the players around him suit him. This guy was productive on a bad team. I mean it's just and it, it, we were just who did we talk about going into last season? That was productive on bad teams, a bad national team. And now he's going to go to a team where he's got players around him you Now we're not <laughs> pump the brakes. We're not saying Ngonja is going to be. We're just Italia. saying. We're just Ahmed, saying. Ahmed, Ahmed, calm down. <laughs> All right, don't start getting happy. Don't start. Don't start. <laughs> don't start getting twitchy, my man. All right, um, but we think that this is a. We talked about it. We thought Napoli, Fiorentina were probably two of the ideal destinations for him if he moved on from Verona and stayed in Serie a. So we couldn't be happier, and we're excited about seeing. Uh, what he's going to be able to accomplish uh now that he's now that he's in a good team he probably begins by giving cover for politano on the right hand side um that's still politano's job especially on the strength of the way he's played this season yeah. um but boy what a guy that because he can he, he can create he can score he can take you on um i'm i'm eager to see what he contributes uh when he gets his opportunity at napoli
1: I'm curious what Eric's thoughts are on the signing of Ngonj, but I think eventually Ngonj is going to be the guy to supplant Politano. As good as Politanos is having a fantastic season, doesn't mean you can't use Politano in the starting 11. I think he can certainly play behind Ossiman or Simeone or Raspadori, whoever's the striker of the week, your flavor of the week. Um, Politano still has a place in this team. This gives Matsadi another option, but Cyril Ngonj seems to, if he can get it done on a bad team like Hellas Verona, he mm-hmm. can get it done with Napoli. Now he's got players around him. Um, it gives Napoli even more of a threat on both wings you you know you mentioned how about on the left side and then now and on the right politano at times is that guy but he doesn't bring it consistently he likes to slow the pace down change his pace around so he's more suited probably in the middle of the field whereas in likes to go all the time and so he'd be a great compliment to have Shelia to really widen the teams that napoli go against and then that'll just open it up for all and whoever else is in the middle politano raspadori whomever uh, that they can really feast in the middle. So I like what it does for the attack for Napoli. Um, you, you've seen with Matsadi lately, he's using a little bit more players. Demi got a good amount of uh, play in this game uh, this weekend. And so if he can study the ship and then allow them to get back, get their feet back underneath them, maybe the, Napoli can make a surge back into uh, you know the European conversation and maybe even Champions League. But you know, baby steps. I think the signing by Ngonj is fantastic. And I'm, I couldn't be happy for Ngonj because I think we both want to see what this player can really do on a good team some players hey we'll you know we'll, we'll tell you we're up front some players are good only good on bad teams and when they go to the limelight they, they struggle right uh marco Borriello is a, is, a, is a big player who always scored goals for the call of a world 15 16 18 goals in the season that goes to a big club and then struggles um and he's not the only one so i'm hoping in can really flourish in napoli and we get really get to see the type of player that he is with all the skill set that he brings in and division so i'm excited this uh, i'm not a, i don't support napoli by any stretch but i'm excited to see what and can do
0: napoli fans we're telling you get 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 excited about this one you're gonna like him. um uh really good business so Eric didn't even know they signed him. <laughs> <So>. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. That's why you. That's why you come to us, Eric. We 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 give you the knowledge. That's right. So, um, so yes, uh, Alessandro Bonjorno possibly to Milan. Um, mm. I like to get. I question can he? I mean, and he showed that he can do. He can play in a in a two man central defense. Because he showed it for Italy against Ukraine. Yep. Um, you know, he had some nervy moments at the beginning of the ga- that that game, but then he went on and he put in a pretty assured performance. Played really yeah. well. Yeah. So I think it's going to be much needed help at that position. Milan have had a litany of injuries at the center back position. They had to recall Gabia early from loan. Um, they've had to have Teo deputized. Um, you know, Kiara is not at a point in his career where he can play every three days um because that's going to start coming up um you know so uh i think this is a shrewd move by milan a really good move um and probably good for the profile i mean you know i think the one thing that you probably looked at when you're you know talking about milan under cardinale you know is that after all the transfers and all the different moves were made is that Suddenly, this isn't an Italian Milan anymore. With just uh, uh, Calabria and Florenzi, uh in your, you know, in your, pretty much in your first team rotation. It's a very um, French team. it's it's, a, it's the French connection. Yeah, it which is I connection. mean, add, add Hadley to the mix now. Well, with what France is pumping out right now for talent, I mean, you can't blame yeah. them. No, um, so. This helps, you know, I, I wouldn't want to say that this, because it, it, it's certainly not a marketing point. but, but it, it, if if it happens, it's a big need uh, for Milan and a, a, a budding young star as a defender. Yeah. If this is Berlusconi
1: uh, under ownership, they would buy him for $75 million, no doubt. Yep. You know, a player like his caliber. I think Bongiorno has showed that, one, he's capable, he has the skill set. We saw in that game for the Azzurri where he started out, struggled. And a lot of players who struggle at the beginning of a game, it'll compound and get worse and worse. And he got stronger and eventually became one of the better players on that pitch. By the end of the game, we saw just a prime example this weekend where he was involved in many. He's very good in the air. He's good defensively. He's good at marking. Uh, very smart player has good amount of pace for, for his size. And so, yeah, I think it'd be a good signing. Eventually, like they mentioned, could be a replacement for for Kiar. It would be a nice Problem to have if you're Pioli to choose between the plethora of center backs that they have. Whenever they become all healthy again, uh, who's to say they'll all be healthy again at the same time? But uh, Milan will have a, a good amount of center backs at that point uh, that they can rely upon and rotate heavily as they want. I mean, Kalulu is still a center back as well, and he's what five five or whatever he is. Uh, so uh, if it happens, I like it. I don't know if I like it at the expense of Colombo because what I think he is going to be uh, an eventual nice Italian number nine, and nice to have especially for Milan, but. You know, uh, sometimes you know to, find, to get a good player, you have to give up a good prospect, right? And so, you know, but, that's but but is what he saying. though?
0: I mean, because he's had loan spells and he's had loan spells at Serie A teams, and he's having yeah. a hard time breaking into those teams. I mean, Cotrone
1: know? was the same way, right? We we had all this hope for him that he'd become the next guy, he never kind of panned out. So maybe yeah. maybe you're right.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. It's it's, it's that's just my counter argument to that. Um, uh, the only other you know, noteworthy thing. It looks like Politano is going to extend his contract with Napoli through 2027. So good for him. Yeah. Um, You know, and then uh, it looks like uh, Napoli are going to loan out a few players. Uh, Gianluca Gaetano could be headed to Empoli. Alessandro Zanoli could be headed to Salernitana on loan. Uh, And I believe Zerbin is going to possibly go on loan as well. Makes sense. You got to move these guys. Uh, You're making room for Ngonja. And it looks like these guys aren't getting Mazzari's uh you know plans at least for the short term uh another loan possibility that I think would you know that would be a good fit uh that looks like is going to happen Michel Bacher who has been at Atalanta and is having a hard time getting time there uh appears headed to Monza on loan and Monza could use some help at the wing back position
1: look at us talking about all this Napoli news and serious sit down your home for all your Napoli news right here <laughs> in the transfer we're, that's what we're here for uh but no yeah it's, like, it's a good point it's Napoli making moves as you know as you expect them to be especially struggling here in this title defense this season. Um, before we, uh, any other big signings we need to talk about before we get to the next talking point?
0: I think that covers it. Um, I know that there's possible talk that Mehdi Tademi could be joining Inter in, uh, in yeah, summer. Sure. Might might have something to do with Inter. Might not be as impressed with Onatovic on and now off the pitch uh, as, uh, <laughs> as yeah. they initially probably thought. So they're probably looking to make that replacement um, and then Juventus has got their, according to reports, Juventus has got their eye on Albert Goodwinson. All of this, uh, all of this stuff that we're getting, we're not making this up. We're not, nope. you know, we don't, ha- we don't have our ears to the ground or anything like that. We, we follow uh, Nicolas Skira on Twitter, so uh, check him out. We'll might as well give him a shout out at and N-I-N, N-I-N, N-I-C-O, Schiera, Calm down, Ahmed. N i c o s c h i r a. So uh, that uh, you know give him a follow at, at his uh, site. There, you'll get you'll get an awful lot more uh, city transfer talk uh, there, uh, which has been which has been helpful for us. So. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, very well done, and yeah, definitely follow Nico Shira amongst the many other. Um, Uh, reporters out there reporting the news but nico seems to be the uh, the guy who seems to be the most accurate it seems like uh Mm -hmm. i do want to get to a talking point that i kind of saw over twitter over the weekend it was who is better is it rabio or is it hakan uh and this is obviously between two fan bases in particular uh but you know Rabio having a fantastic season really last two three seasons he's been really good hakan obviously in this new Regista role that uh inzaghi's got him playing under he's been excelling in this and so both players doing well for their teams both their teams are top two teams in the league the natural discussion is who is better Rabio versus Hakan I'm curious what the chat thinks in, in terms of those two players uh, what are your thoughts on who is better uh, who would you want to have on your team Rabio or Hakan Choloolulu
0: I guess it depends on what you, I guess it depends on what you have a need for I think they're hard to compare because they they have different functions in their mid, in their respective midfields okay uh hakan Chalanolu has transitioned to being a you know kind of a more deep lying playmaking midfielder rabio is a, a player that has an engine okay um you know he's you know a guy that the guy that a midfielder that i've kind of been coining as box to box plus Okay, um, you know, will work box to box, but also has the ability to get in and score goals. Work his way into the penalty area, get on, uh, get on the end of crosses and score goals. You know, so there haven't been any. There really hasn't been anyone in Syria uh, as good as what Rabio does. You know, relative to his role with the team. Okay you know you can talk about in you know, something say well tiani reinders because we've been talked about we talked about him earlier tiani reinders is a little bit of a different player i think he's relied on to, to you know to get into deeper positions in fact dare i say about reinders that he's asked to carry responsibilities that you saw Verati do with mancini's italy okay uh maybe find more attacking positions and find higher positions to get the ball and play people in, but also to help be able to possess building up from the, from the back third to the middle third, you know? So there's a lot more possession responsibility with Rangers. but let me come back to the guys we're talking about. Um, I'd argue that Rabiot has probably been more important to Juve than Chalanolu has been to enter. That doesn't mean I think that Rabiot is better than Chalanolu I think that, you have so much at Inter. Does Does Chalinola pull a lot of those strings? Yes, but can you get get a guy with, you know, a little less that little less talented Chalinola to play that role and get it and get it done? Arguably, you could because you have those front two who are so damn good. You have the 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 play of the left wing of the wing backs. You have the back three and the goalkeeper who have been excellent defensively. Um, Rabio takes on a huge amount to Ollie's point a huge amount of responsibility in the midfield. Um, you know, Locatelli is not, he's kind of, he, he's gotten better as a Regista over the years. You, I think you can only get better as a Regista playing in that system with yeah. playing games. But I think what Rabiot has done this season has given is, is probably been more valuable to Juventus than what Chalinolu has done for Inter. And it's, you know, what I'll say this it's it is, it is close Okay, because chalanolu has been really damn good. They both were in our our, our squad at Firnola. Yep. Okay, um, but I'm gonna just ever so slightly tip Rabio over Chalanolu as it pertains to importance to their team.
1: Yeah, I, and I think all, all valid points, mind you, and also the chat has some good commentary as well. It's difficult to say, and, and I think what you what your original question was is the important question: What does your team need? I think both players have been fantastic this season. They're both. Undoubtedly, they were in our uh, squadra finora in the midseason. They will likely be in the end of the season. Um, both offer so much. They have both have their qualities that the other doesn't have, but they're, they're important for the teams. Like you said, I think Hakan has gotten to this other level that we didn't think he had. Yes, we thought he had the qualities offensively, but now he's put into this position that he's not necessarily so advanced. He can use his his immense kicking ability where he can he can he can run launch a rocket like nobody else maybe only Melanovsky and maybe one other person has a shot like him uh from distance and he uses that now for passing which is amazing you can catch your defenses off um switch to play very easily with it with the accuracy and the pace that he kicks these balls and the accuracy uh so he's so good there he can track back like no other typically when you look at some regisos in some systems they tend to be the the hard tackling ball winner kind of like a darun type he's not that but he's very in the mold of a benacer where he's using his finesse and his his uh intelligence to kind of win yes. the plays you put, put himself positionally in the right place so he can kind of stop the counterattacks. hakan does it very well no doubt about it uh but to your point i think you know he's on a team that's laden with talent other other two midfielders with him are fantastic and so that helps in that respect makes your job a little bit easier I've seen in other such other teams where you had a regista playing so well once you took those two key center uh, other key partners away from him he becomes more average right and not to say that would happen with Hakan but I think Hakan is um, if you need a regista type in your team he's perfectly done there for you he can get those set pieces he's locked that down he's locked long-range shot down he's got the vision um, not the hard, crunchy tackles, but you have Barola if you're interested for that, that kind of stuff. Now, looking at Robby I'm with you. I think he's he's your box-to-box box plus. Um, he's not only crucial for Juventus, he is their best midfielder. Yes, McKinney's been having a great season, but Robby has been the best player there. Not to mention, he's on one of the best national teams in the world and one of the key players for that team. He's He's been nothing but good performances for France during the World Cup run uh, he was key in almost every game. He's good in the air. He can cover the balls. He can tackle um, He's very he's deceptively fast as you mentioned He you don't think he's going that fast, but he, he just has paced him He's just very slow looking when he when, and there's been other players who mentioned that usually we talk about that with strikers But is uh, so smart very good when he was young He had all this creativity. He still has that but he just now he's more composed more mature He knows when to use it um, and I, I would love to have both players on my team. I, I did have one player on my team at one point, um, but I think Robbie Yeo, if, you know, comparing the two in terms of how if you had to build a team from scratch, you'd probably go Robbie Yeo just because of the, all the extra stuff that he does, and you mentioned, all mentioned, many many people in the chat have mentioned, um, but they're, they're both excellent players, and it's also hard to compare them because one's a regista, one's a box-to-box. They don't play the same positions. You swap their positions, who would do better? I don't know. Right, they're probably both be just average at that point. So you know, they both do their positions very well. They're both very good players. Let's stop comparing players for God's sakes. Appreciate what they what they do, and they both are very good at their positions. And you know, um, you know, Juventus and Inter are the better for it.
0: Yep, agreed, agreed, hundred percent. So it's an interesting conversation because you can go back and forth on this all day long. You can wake up the next, I can, I say Rabio is more important to Juve than Hakan is to Inter, but I can wake up the next morning and find a reason for why Hakan is more important. So it's just, it's one of those things that's he's really, so really steady close
1: for Inter the season, you know, and it is, it's
0: a fascinating conversation talking about these two players. Uh, you know, no doubt about it. So, um, so let's move on. Uh, the super copa takes place, uh, in Saudi Arabia, in Riyadh. um, and it is a four-team format, okay? They've now gotten away from the uh, just league winner versus cup winner. Um, and I believe, you know, Napoli was the league winner and Inter was the cup winner. Uh, and now have four teams. So it's Napoli, Fiorentina, Inter, and Lazio. Why? Because it was an opportunity for Liga Serie a to make another 11 million euros. Show me the money! Yep, yep. 11 million euros to, to send four teams down to this. So I don't know. I, I think by the time, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you know what, it probably is going to be, it's going to be one of those things where like the NBA, they had that play in uh, the, the play, the in season tournament yeah. where you know, at first you didn't, you know, I was like, what, are, what the hell are you doing? And then as it went on, you're kind of like, yeah, this actually was kind of a good idea because uh, it got people interested in got people watching NBA games in November, which they otherwise probably wouldn't because they're all entrenched into American football and you know, some of the other things uh so this might not be a bad idea and this might take off um you know well it better because they're going to do this it looks at least for the next four years i think six years possibly
1: they're getting paid um, either way
0: <laughs> yep and they're going to get paid either way so uh it'll actually start uh thursday we'll have uh, napoli hosting fiorentina friday we have inter hosting lazio um uh the Bookmakers have the anopoly Fiorentina game pretty close. They got Napoli as a slight plus one forty-five, and Fiorentina as a plus one ninety. Um, I think that's appropriate, um, considering where these teams are. I think this is going to be an exciting game. I think that, you know, I take that back. I think these games are going to be. They're not, not that they're going to be boring, but I think these teams are going to play with caution. I don't see open games in either of these, even with the Interlazio game. I think it's the teams that are going to make the critical mistakes that are going to be the ones that go out. Um, what do you think? I'm I'm, I'm 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 kind of torn, but I, I don't think there's a whole lot of event to these games uh, coming up.
1: If this was just a Super Coppa Italiana final, I would say, yeah, I think I would I would hedge my bet that it would be not that I'm a betting man, I, I'm terrible at betting, but I would say that you know it'd be more of a defensive game, very conservative. I have I'm hoping this is me hoping now that because of this format um, that these teams should be a little bit more open up and not necessarily focus on the defensive and kind of just throw things at the wall and, and, and have really an offensive explosion. Uh, I can see that more than Napoli-Fiorentina matchup just because, you know, um, there's opportunity there. It's going to be hard for Lazio to do it against Inter. Is it possible? Absolutely. Um, Lazio has found ways to get nice results this season uh, against some big teams, and I think they had really good results against Inter this year. Didn't they be Inter this year? Um, so it'll be an interesting game. I think, game. So. I think what, are, what are the motivations of these teams? Are they going to really, really invested? I think Inter will want to win another, t- win another trophy this season. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to be motivated. How invested are Lazio going to be in how are, how invested? I think Napoli is going to be invested. I think they want to kind of save face and any kind of trophy they can win is going to help them out. I think uh, Fiorentina, you know, they have bigger fish to fry in terms of European competition that they really want to focus in on. And you know, it's just in the middle of the season that it just all four of these teams have another game that they're going to have in hand now that they're going to make up at some point. And so, um, well, it'll be interesting. I, I'm going to watch it just to see. I'm not going to be fully focused on this like I was Syria. Uh, just because I don't think the teams are going to be into it that much until we get to the final, uh, but yeah, I'm hoping a lot of goals. I'm hoping a lot of goals, uh, and then the final is going to be on on was it Sunday the twenty second? I guess I guess mm-hmm. it's Sunday twenty second. So
0: or Monday the twenty second. Monday the twenty second. All right. Yep. Yep. All right. I'll say Napoli narrowly beat Fiorentina, two uh, one. Okay. I think Inter beat Lazio two Um, That's just kind of where I'm where I'm at with it. So, so I think it'll be an it'll be an Napoli Interfin- it'll be a Napoli Interfinal. So mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm going.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with that too. I, I, you know, as much as I think upsets can happen, we saw Inter lose to uh, Bologna in the Copitalia. Italia. I don't think Inter. I think Inter are going to be the only invested team in this. I think that they're going to take this tournament seriously. Gives them another practice run, if you will. They want to go obviously deep in Champions League. And so get your game straight now, right? Practice makes perfect. And so I think Inter sure. uh, find a way to win. Uh yeah, you know, two nothing, two goal or one goal victory against Lazio. And I, I like your scoreline for Napoli Fiorentina, and then, you know, go over to the finals on, on Sunday, which I, I I would imagine Inter win. Uh yeah. if Napoli wins, it's probably it's probably good for Napoli's motivation going forward. That will do them a lot um, if they win. But I don't think they'll be bothered if they lose that game. But I think Inter should win the cup.
0: Hard to not see Inter winning this thing. Um, not good. You know, I just they they have they, just been so good. So, um, what does Inter's schedule look like with these additional games? Well, I'll uh, w- I'll take a minute here and walk through that with you, Ollie. Uh, so, Inter have so they have Lazio, uh, and then they have the possibility of the cup final on the twenty second, and then on the twenty eighth they travel to Fiorentina. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Uh, you know, three games in nine days. Then, um, uh, February 4th, they host Juventus. Then they're at Roma. Oof. Uh, and then they get to host Salernitano. So this is a brutal stretch all the way up until, uh, February 20th when they get Atlético Madrid in the Champions League. Uh, so we will see what Inter are made of here with this kind of stretch
1: mr bob we were wondering the same thing when is the winter break there was no winter break this season uh syria decided to go for money versus anything else i guess and tried to go with the english model i guess and, and kept playing throughout this time we were waiting for our winter break we got no break in this thing here so i guess uh, all the extra international games we've had to play they said you know what We're going to play through Christmas. Here we
0: go. Yeah. I think all the legs are just trying to get their schedules normalized here. Who just thinks the only
1: one doesn't care. They're like, we're taking a month off no matter what.
0: exactly. (laughs) It's a little cold in Germany in certain (laughs) spots to try to play football. I I can appreciate that. Oh man. So that's our, that's our wrap on everything. Uh, We will now get, let's finish with the world's most popular hashtag game. It is time. And boy, uh, a hard act to follow after last week. But we're gonna do Last it anyway. It's time for who won Calcho Twitter. Take it away, Richard.
1: All right, let's well, start things off. First, uh, Peter Crouch is on the board. Uh, That's original tweet was from Metro UK, and it says hikers have taken footage of what they believe is an alien in Brazil. They said that they moved very quickly and seemed to be around 10 foot tall. Peter Crouch tweeted out saying, uh, "We were on a family holiday. Please respect our privacy at this time." <laughs> <laughs> not not calcio related, but hey, it's funny. We're not, so you gotta put him in there. So
0: we enjoyed that. Okay, uh, so uh, moving on, Napoli Sansone. Uh, let's see. So we had Average Chiesa at Average Chiesa saying, My girlfriend made me a custom Monopoly game for our anniversary, and she put this beautiful place on the board. When do I get her the ring? Um, and uh, Napoli Sansone just followed up and said, Perfect location for the Alliance. Next to jail. <laughs> see that on the board? is right next to jail. Right next to jail. <laughs> Uh, well played, Napoli yeah. sends Sony.
1: Yeah, uh, next number to us by Apex. Uh, it comes from Aziz and it says, average, average day fan of Juventus. We are the best team in Italy. Napoli wins Serie A. Juventus angry. <laughs> <laughs> At least we have Pogba. Bruh, Pogba <laughs> <more after> Pogba. <laughs> <laughs> At least Inter isn't better than us. Ah, <laughs> I give up. you had this <laughs> <Three over here. laughs>
0: And sleeps comfortably.
1: Uh, that's uh, AI that's for you. Pretty that's good. good. That's that is good. pretty
0: good. Leader in the clubhouse. Uh-huh. Yeah. Alright, so uh, Rajat fifteen. Uh okay, so um uh, Stefano Pioli. On Adley's performance, he did very well. He also found the goal, and I'm really happy for him. He is a strong and intelligent guy. I've been saying since September <laughs> that he is doing great things. He deserves everything he's getting. Uh, and then there's just the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think this mother. is just
0: into reference of like going for such a long period of time of never playing Adley and now yeah. just kind of coming around to him. So
1: We've all been saying, put on Adley. He's been playing every time we saw him during the preseason and, and the early part of the season. We're like, he's been good. Play him. And Pioli's been like, nah, he doesn't yep, play. Now that. Like, now he's like, I told this for the whole time. <laughs> so that's good. And
0: we enjoyed that. Okay, yes. so what do we got next here? It looks like uh, okay. oh Aziz <laughs> is <of> back.
1: <laughs> Average day for an AC Milan fan. We are the best in Milano Uh oh. <laughs> we focus on champions league. <laughs> oh, AC Milan out of the UCL. We focus on Syria <laughs> Into in Syria.
0: Are you surprised by my tears, sir? <laughs> this is the Funeral. This is the background music of the big from the big Lebowski. When... Uh, yes,
1: yes. Oh, that's a great movie too. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I'm gonna follow this to the perfect I just see music see more to of that. This stuff. Look at that. Oh, you gotta follow right. it today. Look. At yeah, that. we gotta give
0: uh, give Ad underscore ZGH a follow. This is well played, sir. Oh, that is good. Okay, so uh, moving on, uh, at Inter Marcus, uh, let's see here. This was started with uh, uh, at Champions League. Maldini had some skills, uh, retweeting, uh, Saturnio on 13 retweeting, reminds me of DiMarco. Inter Marcus replying to him saying, Maldini said in an interview that he used to watch DiMarco highlights as a kid.
1: <laughs> oh, DiMarco, obviously, much younger than uh, than Maldini, but that's funny, funny, yeah, comment there. All right, Kier Palulu's is next on this one. And it says uh, Instead of getting sacked himself, he sacked one of the greatest coaches in football history. Beware the demon of Parma. Pioli just. Taking people out left and right, and keeping his job in the process. He followed
0: up. That, he followed that up by saying, "This guy unlocked his next club's job. Unbeatable. Unbeatable?
1: Yeah, that's good too. <laughs> that's pretty
0: good. Pretty, uh, good. pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Pierre yeah. Palulu has been a past winner, so yes. uh, we should expect that from. Moving on. Uh, looks like Apex has made another nomination here. He is nominating. Uh, looks like banter era. So let's start with it. Was from uh, at Chenchiunga. Uh, and uh, he's saying, little game if you want, write for yourself how many points we will score in these games. I'll put mine in the meantime. And he says, Roma fan, uh, looks like Roma fan, three three against Roma, three against Sheriff, lose to Bologna, draw Anopoly, uh, lose to Juve, and then draw <laughs> Talante. I think that's what really happened.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and then, uh, let's see, so it was responded by, let's see, um banter era said uh Fiorentino one sheriff three zero with Ro- bologna three napoli zero juventus one atalanta zero milan so i'm trying to figure <laughs> out what this is about
1: points <laughs> so. i guess i don't know points I, okay Points, yeah it's gotta be points
0: okay gotta be points so. it's all right
1: it's all right it's
0: all right it's all right and uh, uh bob lex uh, you're on the you're on the board here buddy
1: yeah, so the original tweet was by us. Uh, we was retweeting to Rossi, you know, first practice of the squad. He says, uh, when he sees Lukaku's first touch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is good. That is real good. Yeah.
1: Oh, that cat. That cat. Oh, all right. Where Which
0: Aziz one wins? I think it's the Milan one.
1: The Milan one? I, I like the, uh, what was the other one? Juventus one? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, or is it
0: where he switches with the Torino jersey? I like the goes-
1: Juventus one. Yeah, where he switches to Torino jersey. Yeah. I didn't expect that coming. I knew the Milan thing was gonna happen. Uh, the the twist was in the Juventus one, where he became a Torino fan and started
0: crying. <laughs> yeah, let me get that pulled up and let me get that uh, let me get that up there. But that was well played. At Aziz underscore zgh, congratulations! You are this week's winner of Who Won Calcio Twitter, and I gotta get the right one. Um, there it is, right there. So uh, if you've got some words for the people, while I go ahead and do this, uh, take it away.
1: I don't have words, but I can make some stuff up. Uh, Aziz is still watching. That uh, that's uh, some fun highlights there. But yeah, no, it's uh, thanks for again for the chat um, for bringing it tonight. Always uh, with the comments and uh, luckily our man Ahmed didn't have to correct us too much tonight. Uh, we were we corrected ourselves. We learned from our mistakes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good week. And again. Uh, I don't know how i'm liking these games on tuesdays but hey more games and the more games than every day the better it is i guess it just throws us off our schedule um in terms of what knowing what day of the week it is but uh, no it's been a good culture here seems like juventus are really starting to turn things up in terms of the attacking aspect um have Vlahovic, chiesa and guild combinations are sounding to work and they're they're finding ways to get goals now uh so let's see if they can keep this up uh, in the long term, and that game against Inter is getting more and more interesting. February fourth, yep. put it on your calendar. It's gonna be must see TV. Could be yep. the, the could be the league decider at that point.
0: Yeah, for be the sure. First place at that point, for sure. But in the meantime, we will have a small sampling of City games next weekend, largely due to the uh, Copa Ital- Super Copa. Um, on Saturday, we got Roma hosting Verona. Uh, Milan travel to Udinese. Uh, always has been a tricky fixture for them. And then you get into Sunday, and uh, there are, let's see, there are four matches. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Frozen only hosting Caliari and what is a potential relegation six-pointer. This time, this time, if Caliari win this game, EDF has to be out. Okay, yeah. this is the yeah. time. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this until f- loser of that out. game. Gets fired, maybe. <laughs> yeah, could be. I, I Ranieri's made it respectable. No,
1: I you. think I think, think so too. But
0: um, Empoli, Monsa, Salernitana hosting Genoa, big game there. People mm. in Zagid. Let's see if they are burned out from the all of these late defeats, yeah. uh, or if they uh, galvanize and get it going. Um, and then uh, it's wrapped up with Juventus traveling to Lecce, not easy. Um, but with the way lecce have been scoring uh you have to be encouraged or not lecce with the the way uh juventus has been scoring uh as a juve fan you have to be encouraged so uh so we'll put a ball on this edition of city A sit down first of all shout out to the chat you guys are awesome as always yeah, i don't right. think they i don't think any calcio podcast can boast a better chat than ours yeah, that's right the guys are awesome they are no, and, and they're knowledgeable creme de la creme. Yeah. And they're knowledgeable too. Uh, they, they, they contribute. So appreciate all you guys. Thank you guys very, very much. Um, if you are watching this for the first time, like what you saw, uh, drop a like, uh, that helps us out, uh, hit that notification bell so you can be advised and get the heads up when we go live. It's generally Tuesday nights at 9 PM Eastern. And then most importantly, subscribe, uh, so that you can go back and watch uh, previous episodes and, you know, troll us on uh, the social media on the social media streets and say hey back then you said this and it's not working and and things like that so
1: hold us accountable
0: yeah hold us accountable like Ahmed does so Um, give us our flowers
1: when we deserve it
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 praise (laughs) us when it's happening and then if you see something funny that's uh, Calcio related on on Twitter hashtag who won Calcio Twitter go ahead and nominate it I do say please keep it clean Uh, don't be vulgar don't be don't have anything offensive we won't read it um and uh the uh social media platform uh at city i sit down on twitter uh on instagram you can also check us out on facebook i'm at ftc underscore 21 richard is at
1: r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-m
0: Wonderful. And uh, we have our as far as the podcast go, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever uh, there are podcasts you can find Serie A uh, should give a shout out to World Football Index as well. The Mothership. Uh, plenty of other uh, podcasts if you are a just a world football junkie and like other leagues. Yeah. Um, in addition to Serie A. Um, the one time Richard did this, he said, well, if you don't like Serie A that much, there's other things. That's how he promoted there's the bonus League. If you enjoy, if you enjoy, I, I know you enjoy Serie A, but you probably enjoy other leagues. Check out worldfootballindex.com. <laughs> there's probably a podcast going on talking about your league. So, yes. officially, the countdown, 10 away from 300, as Dominic says. Yeah, we got to do something good. But uh, let's get to 291 first, and that'll go on next Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. Baby steps. All right. All right. Baby steps. We will get there. So thank you all for joining us, uh, and thank you for taking the time to listen. Hope you were enlightened about all things Serie from Richard and I. We appreciate you, and see you next week. And as always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.